Welcome to Taking Back Her Brain with Love, the only podcast using neuroscience and self-coaching strategies to rewire your brain to get the results you want in your life. With your host, Coach Amber Lynn. Hello there, and welcome to Taking Back Her Brain with Love. On today's podcast, I wanted to talk about holding space for our kids. On the last podcast, I talked about holding space for other people, their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about parenting and talking about learning how to hold space for our kids, their responses, their reactions, and their behavior in the midst of it all. So before I get started, I wanted to start by saying, we need to give ourselves way more grace as parents. We need to show ourselves compassion and love. We're not gonna always do it the way we wanted to do it the first time. We're not gonna always be able to engage our prefrontal cortex and be calm, inner peace parents, right? But the more that we practice looking at ourselves and holding space for ourselves when we are impulsive, when we are reactive, the more that we get in that awareness, eventually it does become more automatic. So before we can talk about holding space for our kids, we have to first learn about our reactions as a parent. Sorry, today my cat is very noisy and wants to be up in all of these videos. So for us as parents, we need to first be aware of like what thoughts that we have that trigger us to be snappy, right? That trigger our responses, that trigger our amygdala or our primitive brain, right? As parents, a lot of the time, our kids have temper tantrums, they have meltdowns, right? And we want them to hurry up and stop. We want them to hurry up and obey. We want them to listen. But if we are not coming from a place of holding space for ourselves, we become snappy. We become irrational and impulsive. And so we're not showing up as calm. So what's really happening is we get our triggered amygdala reacting with a child's triggered amygdala. And a child's prefrontal cortex is not nearly as developed as our prefrontal cortex. So not only are we dealing with a child's um, amygdala being triggered and an adult's amygdala being triggered, but also we're dealing with a child or children whose prefrontal cortex is not as fully developed as ours. What that means is they aren't going to have the perfect reactions we would like them to have. They're going to get upset and they're going to get mad and they're going to show it in different ways. And I think it's hard as parents because we also get upset at ourselves when we make our children upset, right? When our children get their feelings hurt, we want them to hurry up and stop being sad or hurry up and stop being mad. But what I've been practicing over the last several years, which I'm not perfect at, trust me, I am very much a human and I have very much human reactive nervous response systems. But I noticed that the more that I do this work on myself, right, the more that I learn to recognize what thoughts create what emotions, 
the more that I learn to hold space for myself, that I'm a human and I make mistakes, the more that I can hold space for my kids, that they're not perfect, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to have a nervous response system that triggers my nervous response system, right? We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different attachment styles. We all come from different homes where it's not okay to cry or it's never okay to yell or um, we don't show emotions, right? So you have to really do your work, your own work as a parent and see what different reactions or responses from your kids trigger different responses in you. I noticed that when my son would cry or would get angry and he shook, like, you know, stomps around the house or gets really upset, I instantly get upset. I start getting hot in my body. I start getting snappy and I start getting louder. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm telling him not to be mad and not to be angry and not to do this, but I'm doing the exact same thing in response to his primitive response. I didn't like when he would have an emotion because it made it mean that I did something wrong or I hurt his feelings or I didn't parent him correctly, which it's none of those things. What we have to learn to do is allow our children space to feel their emotions when they get upset, when they get disciplined, when they get critiqued, right? Those things don't feel good. And expecting kids to be okay after it and respond exactly the way that our manual says they should respond is really not helpful and it doesn't serve us or them, right? We walk this fine line as parents, right? To make sure we have respectful kids, make sure that they are disciplined in the right way. So when we're disciplining them or we're correcting them or we're telling them things, we expect them to respond in a calm, obedient way, which we eventually do teach them over and over with practice. But in this episode, I want to focus on us as parents learning to give our kids space to feel their emotions and giving us space to process our emotions too so that when we do go to actually parent our child, we are doing it from a place of love, from calm, and from indifference. Indifference meaning that they can show up however they need to show up, but I'm going to show up the way that I want to. And I'm not going to make their action mean anything about them or about me, which is very hard to do as parents. But so often... We don't teach our kids how to process their emotions. We don't let them sit with them. We make them hurry up and quit and stop that crying. Don't do this. You know, hurry up and be happy about my disciplining you. I mean, even as a teacher, I see it in classrooms all the time. We critique a kid or we criticize, not criticize, but like critique, right? Which feels like criticism. And then we tell them like, hurry up, get to it, right? We as parents and as adults with like completely developed prefrontal cortexes have a hard time getting over a critique, right? So it amazes me how much we want children to be able to just snap out of it. 
But if we as parents learn to hold space outside of ourselves for our kids, that their actions, their reactions, and that their behaviors didn't mean anything about us as parents, it didn't mean anything about us being a good parent or a bad parent, what all that it meant is that their amygdala is triggered and they have a primitive response and this is their primitive response. And I'm going to meet them where they are at and I'm going to teach them how to feel their emotions. I'm going to teach them how to react in a different way, right? Showing up where they are. And if I can't do it at that moment, then I'm going to give us both the space that we need to process what just happened. Too often, we stay parenting our kids after our amygdala has been triggered, right? And if our amygdala has been triggered and our primitive brain is in the, past, the driver's seat, then we're just being re reactive parents. Did you hear me? When we stay parenting our kids after our primitive brain has been triggered, we are just reactive parents. If we want to be parents who are responding to kids instead of reacting to kids, then we need to know when we have been triggered, when our amygdala has been triggered, when our flight, fight, freeze response has been enacted so that we can also step away and say, hey, I need space to cool off. I need time to process my emotions before we come back and talk about this. There is nothing wrong with pausing and coming back and talking about this. There's nothing wrong with a quiet time after a disagreement or after a behavior or after a kid gives you a response that instantly triggers you. But really knowing how you work and how your body works and how your brain works and what triggers you is going to help you be the best parent for your kid. Because we're not showing up as ourselves that we want to be when our, pre, when our primitive brain is in the driver's seat. When our primitive brain is in the driver's seat, we are going off of automatic autopilot old patterns, old habits, all those things from our childhood, it just, we're on automatic. So if you find yourself in parenting patterns that aren't what you'd like to see, start taking awareness or note of how you're feeling when a child does a certain behavior or reacts in a certain way and you notice your body getting warm, you're getting hot, you're getting agitated, you're getting snappy, you're getting short. That is your nervous response system working. And that's when you have to take a pause and step out, tap out, go take a break, go, you know, do whatever it is to help you get back to center, back to baseline. Because if we're not at baseline, there's no way for us to engage our prefrontal cortex and really hold space for our kids. And if we're not holding space for our kids to be who they are, to respond in the way they need to respond because their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, then we're just impulsive, reactive parents. And I'm not saying this is for all the time, right? 
this doesn't work for everything. But a lot of the time, we're teaching kids to hurry up and get over their emotions. And when we teach kids to hurry up and get over their emotions, we end up having teenagers and adults who can't feel their emotions. And when we have teenagers and adults that can't feel their emotions, then we have teenagers and adults that we have to interact with and communicate with and parent who do not know how to feel and handle their emotions. So if we start when our kids are younger and we teach them how to feel their feelings because now we're learning how to feel our feelings and we hold space for our kids and we hold space for ourselves, then we're able to model for them what it looks like to really own our feelings and feel all the feelings. And when we give our kids the tools and the strategies to learn how to feel their feelings and let them know that it's okay to feel angry, it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to feel rejected, shame, all of those emotions, and it doesn't feel good, the more kids practice sitting with those uncomfortable emotions and feeling them and not being hurried up to get through them, the more they learn that it's okay to feel them, the more they learn to, that it's okay to feel them, the less reactive they become to all of those feelings. And the less reactive, the more planned actions that they can have, which is the same for adults. The more that we practice, that we can feel our emotions, the less reactive we become. The more that we learn that we can feel frustrated, we can feel annoyed, we can feel irritated, we could feel anger, disappointment. And the more that we practice feeling those, especially in the heat of the moment and talking to ourselves and saying, okay, this is when my child freaks out and this is when my brain wants to get triggered. I can feel it's coming, but I'm going to tell my brain that we're not doing that today. I see you. I see that you want to react to his reaction, but that's not in neither of our best interest. So we're going to go take some time and we're going to sit with feeling frustrated. We're going to sit with feeling annoyed. We're going to sit with feeling irritated. And we're just going to take a pause. And the more that we pause and the more that we sit with and feel our emotions, the more our brain realizes that we aren't actually in threat, right? Our brain is just trying to protect us. And so it doesn't want us to feel those emotions. So it thinks if we act out of it, then we don't have to feel them. But the more that we feel our negative emotions, the less our brain will perceive it as a threat. And the less our brain perceives it as a threat, the less impulsive we become. So the best thing that we can do is to just notice our patterns. Be aware of when we're parenting or when we're in altercations with our kids or when a kid's having a behavior. Notice your nervous response system. What's happening in your body? What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Right? And slowly, the more that you become aware of it, the more that you are able to recognize it. And then once you're able to recognize it, the more you're able to hold space for yourself to feel your feelings and still be able to stay calm. And the more as a parent that we're able to feel our feelings and our brain becomes less threatened by our feelings, the more we can hold space for our kids. 
And the more that we can hold space for the kids, the more that we teach our kids that they can feel any emotion and it's okay. And as we teach our kids that they can feel any emotion that they're, they're okay, we teach them tools how to feel their feelings so that they aren't engaging in those behaviors of screaming, crying, kicking, throwing things. But sometimes when they're toddlers, that is what happens, right? And as they get older, there are still things that may happen. It's a part of childhood. But the more that we use the words, oh, you're having an emotion, you're feeling a big emotion, feeling big emotions, okay, let's take some deep breaths, let's go outside, let's get a drink of water. Instead of like hurrying up and telling them, stop feeling that, don't do that, don't do this, right? We have to teach our kids how to feel their emotions. We have to teach them that emotions are okay. We have to teach them that their brain thinks that they're a problem, but it's okay. And the more that we teach them that their feelings are okay, the more they learn to sit with them instead of react to them. And the more that they don't react to them, the more peace and calm we'll have, <laughs> right? So I hope today that you've learned a little bit of peace about how to hold space for yourself as a parent and how to hold space for your kids. And it's not gonna be easy and it's gonna be hard. And there's gonna be a lot of uncomfortable feelings, but that's okay. The more that we feel those uncomfortable feelings, the more that we tell our brain that it's not a threat. And the more our brain perceives it's not a threat, the less reactive it becomes. Go out there and feel those feelings and teach your kids how to feel their feelings. And while they feel their feelings, hold some space for them, okay? You got this. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, don't forget to like this podcast and share it with anyone you think it could benefit, which in my opinion is all of your friends. It is my life's mission to get this podcast and content out to all women. Please remember to follow me on Instagram at Taking Back Her Brain. You can also find my website at www.takingbackherbrain.com and sign up for a free consultation call. I will also be starting an eight-week coaching program where you will have access to me as a one-on-one coach for an hour a week, along with access to my private Facebook community and access to all of my content. I absolutely look forward to working with you. If you have any questions, please email me at amberlynn at takingbackherbrain.com because I would love to hear from you. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.